All right, we're here with James Bobo, Bobo's Bourbon and Biscuits. Uh, first off, thanks for having us. You've got a great looking place here. I love, I love the vibe. It's uh, got a real gritty, warm feeling to it. It's, uh, it's kind of got a patina to it, you know? Yeah, that's, I mean, hell, I have a rusted chandelier hanging in the, in, in the dining room. So. Right. Um, but that gives it a welcoming feel, you Absolutely. know. It's not it's not stale and, and modern and yeah. You know, one time I uh, had to give a little like a five minute speech, and one of the things I told people is don't be afraid of making mistakes, because the people around you they're making mistakes, mm -hmm. right? And if you make a mistake and you hide it, and you only make one mistake a year, they're like, ah, oh, look at this perfect guy, you know? Yeah. What's he doing? Right. And uh, is it okay to cuss on this? Or Absolutely. All right. So let it, let it fly. So yeah, I don't a lot, but you know, whatever. But if you if you make a mistake and you own up to it, and then you handle it and fix the problem that you made, then people will respect you more and they will like you more. Absolutely, and you, you will learn from that mistake like as well. Them. Right. You make mistakes just like them. Sure. And so things that are perfect irritate me. Um, I, I don't know. It's just like I know that's not real. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of what people come in here and they find that they really like and embrace is the notion that this is something authentic. Absolutely. Right? It's real and it's got a, a real life and a real character and, and the name isn't just a generic name. It's, it's a person. Yeah, absolutely. I feel that when you, the moment you walk in the door, you're like, "Oh, this is this is different. I like it." Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. So how did this get started? Have you always been a restaurateur, or is this your first foray into yeah. it? Or no, I followed the script as a young man. In fact, I probably could have been a restaurateur when I was 20. I was working for the guy that four years later he created the first wing stop and i was oh, really? working for him when he created the first wing stop wow i remember um being on his back porch in garland texas and um trying wings and uh wing sauces and different things. experiments yeah experiments and and i worked at the first and original wing stop um if i had stuck with that it, then i'd probably be rich um, and a few of the guys that did stick with him are rich. Yeah. You know, drive Lamborghinis and stuff. Right. I went to college instead. And so, you know, the college was, was fine and it created a, a dependable and great career for, for me. But I just, I didn't feel like I was fulfilled, especially from a creative aspect. Mm -hmm. um, just what were you what, doing? I was doing logistics and accounting. And oh yeah. That's, that's control. not fulfilling at all. Yeah. The, there wasn't, um, I also feel like one of my strengths is interaction with customers. Sure. And that wasn't um, being fulfilled either. Yeah. So um, when I was let go in 2020 during the COVID crisis, my two kids who were 10 at the time, they're twins. And, uh, you know, they're really smart. And they'll they'll mm -hmm. tell you that they're really smart. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> I had uh, my son, he's swinging on the jungle gym with some kid he just barely met, right? And he's, he looks at that kid and he goes, I'm really smart. And I was giggling, <laughs> I, later on I told him, hey buddy, if if you're the smartest guy in the room, everybody knows. You shouldn't have to tell people. You don't yeah. tell them. Because if you're having to tell them, you're not the smartest <laughs> guy in the room. So, uh, um, but anyway, they are smart and they, 
we were riding in the car and I kind of wear my emotions on my sleeve and letting them know what real life is like. And they're like, Daddy, what's wrong? Well, Daddy's job is not gonna, they're not gonna have me anymore. So I gotta find a new job and I'm not really excited about it. I'm not really excited about the way the industry's going and so on. And so, well, Daddy, why don't you just do what you love and get rich at it? And mm-hmm. So I chuckled a little bit and explained to him a little bit about how life works and how it's kind of about balance, where sure. you find something that you don't hate miserably, right. so that you can make just barely just enough, enough money to pay your to do bills. What you want to do? I said, and that's the way I've been living for a long time. And but then after being dream crusher for a minute, you know, I decided, well, maybe I could do something I love and maybe I'll get lucky and make a little money at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so far only half of that's happening. So I do absolutely love what I'm doing and that's probably the biggest payoff for this is that I've had a blast over the last two and a half years. Um, a year of building this thing and a year of uh, running the, the business. Sure. Um, I've only had three days off this year mm-hmm. and I barely notice. Like every day I come in for something and do something and uh, interact with my employees who who don't exactly need me, but you know, it's like, it's good and it's encouraging and refreshing to them that I do come and that I am part of it. They're part yeah. of something. Um, I think that's a big misconception with owning your own business. People say, oh, I have all this freedom, <laughs> but you end up working 10 times more for yourself. Yeah. Just with, you know, you have to be your own, your own kick in the ass to, to keep it going. Absolutely. You know. Oh, perfect. Thank oh, you. you're the man. Thank you, sir. Enjoy. Um, so, so this started two and a half years ago? Well, the concept started two and a half years ago, um, almost three years ago. Mm-hmm. October 2020 was when I had that conversation with my kids and the next day I woke up and I was laying in bed and my eyes popped open and I said I'm gonna open a restaurant so I go from being a logistics wow. and inventory right what a 180 guru to just no experience ever that, let's go live a dream sure right and so yeah full YOLO yeah exactly <laughs> um, the landlord was a little bit nervous they're like you've never owned restaurants before yeah it's like no but I mean I've done all the things that typical restaurant owners forget that they need to know. Mm-hmm. You need to know how to do marketing. You need to know how to do people management. You need to know sure. how to do inventory. You need to know how to do costing and all the behind the scenes, and contracting and vetting and like all these things that that a lot of restaurant owners think they just need to know how to cook. Mm-hmm. You got to know a lot more than that. Sure, I would say owning a say you want to open a little home decor shop. You can do, you still need to know all those same things that I just mentioned. You just don't need to know how to cook. It's the restaurant adds that level of you need to also be able to cook. And frankly, that's probably one of my weak spots is being able to cook. I like to cook. So are these your recipes or did you bring in a chef to kind of create a menu or how does that work? I'm never stupid enough to deny help, right? Sure. Like, so I've collected help and input from as many people that would give me help and input. The concept was mine, 100%. Well, inspiration out there, right? So there's a place in Seattle called Biscuit Bitch. If you go there, it's awesome. There, a year later, that was in 2019 that me and my lady saw that. We had a great time, waited 
30 minutes and paid $30 to have two biscuits and two coffees and couldn't have been happier. Right. And then a year later, we were in Colorado Springs and, you know, did the old breakfast and came up with Denver Biscuit Company. Same thing. 30-minute wait to get two biscuits and two coffees, and we were as happy as could be. So this is this idea has something that's been planted in your mind for a long time. Well, and you kind of you used a month before I got laid off that I saw the second oh, place okay. that I was in my bed. We should have a place like this in Dallas. Yeah, and uh, I didn't realize that one existed here in Dallas. It's great. It's called the Biscuit Bar. They've got six or seven locations now. Mm -hmm. So I knew just by that that the concept would work. In fact, I thought the concept would work so well that they would try to come uh, take it from me. Really? Yeah, that they would be like, oh, you're You're stealing it, yeah, like right. I mean, it's not, um, you can't patent food. Well, yeah. I'm the only one that can sell food. No, right. You, you got to be, you got to share, right? Sure. We can all do it. And I just want a little slip. And I want a big piece of the pie, right? Just give me a little sliver of, uh, of the biscuits, people. And so, I, I, fortunately, they don't have a spot close by here, and I live three minutes from here, which mm -hmm. is, so I kind of have grown up with this complex, this neighborhood, so to speak. Um, so I know Waters Creek really well, and if you're from out of town, that's the complex that says it's... Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm from McKinney, so, so close yeah. enough. Some of, your, some of those people on the thing right. might not know. But, um, <laughs> sure. It's a wonderful little space with green space and uh, concerts outdoors. And, and so I know the area, I was like, I need it to be there. And I'm just fortunate that there was kind of a, a vacancy of biscuit places. This here. is a great spot, right on the corner. You got this outdoor, outdoor seating that you can uh, go out and enjoy. It's... Right. It's really uh, amazing. Yeah, you got this spot. I'm lucky I got this. And, yeah. Um, so where were we? Were we talking about kind of how this all came about? I'm so intrigued how this you you've never been in the restaurant business. Right. And you know, two and a half years ago, you have this idea and mm -hmm. and make this. Voila. Yeah. 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 I say voila. It was hard. There were. Been I can only imagine. Did, I mean, is all is this is this your brainchild from design to everything, everything yeah. decor? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we have this old, like, I mean, I probably only got to do half of the ideas that I thought of, right? As far as decor wise. Then the um, the, the budget starts adding up. Yeah. And okay. Like we have wow. all these old uh, picture frames. Yeah, I love that. And half of them don't even have anything in them, but. Um, you know, that's a project, is to yeah. put something meaningful sure. in every picture frame. And I got lucky, my lady was in Paris doing a, a remote thing for her job, and she stumbled into this antique store that had a bunch of, just like, a bunch of picture frames just laying against. She's like, how would you want some new frames? And uh, <laughs> he's, he's like, well, the big ones are $10, the little ones are $5. I was like, honey, yeah. buy every one of them. It's probably more to ship them back here. Oh, yeah. She got them in her, in her car. Yeah. And uh, so she brought back 15 frames, and she was like, that's enough. I was like, no, I want like three times that many. An ungodly amount of frames. Yeah, I yeah. wanted them like all the way up the walls right. and stuff. So that um, I wanted to put like authentic, real barrel heads from whiskey companies up on this fur down up there. Mm. Yeah, you can see how many there is up there, none. Um, 
I got the artwork done and I, I paid a guy really good money and he is a really good artist and he and I are great friends now because he's so proud of what he did in here. You know, yeah. These are all actual pictures of my grandparents. Oh, really? Every one of them. Yeah, okay. actual pictures of my grandparents. And now, I noticed on your menu, there's there's a lot of like uh, grandma's jalapenos, mm -hmm. there's Mima's gravy. Yeah. So obviously, your, your, your grandparents uh, kind of play into, yeah. you brought that back into to, yeah. to your recipes, to your... Uh-huh. Shamelessly exploiting the family angle. Sure. <laughs> So, I mean, you got to give it some flavor. It's got to have pieces of you. Yeah, exactly. It, so I, I mean, mean, it's it's literally Bobo's. Mm -hmm. yeah, so it it's got it a personable, absolutely real thing, and those are real. At least they're real inspirations, right? Like my grandmother used to make great gravy, and so we had to recreate it because she didn't teach me how to do it. Mm -hmm. um, my my grandmother on my mother's side, she was a writer. She wrote down every recipe. My oh, grandma, really? My other grandmother wrote down zero recipes. Right. So all the great things she cooked, we don't have good... Uh, kind of got a guesstimate of, of yeah. uh, off your taste buds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sadly, I'm 52. My father would be 76 right now, 77. And all of his brothers and sisters were older than he was. Mm -hmm. So all of them that got taught directly by my grandmother have all passed away. And my father has as well. Um, in fact, I, I thought, it was probably 2011 or 2010 that I thought I should go see Uncle Elam because he was a great cook and he, had, he was the one that learned the most from my grandmother. And I was like, I need to go spend the weekend with Uncle Elam and just cook and have a good time. Yeah. And sometime that summer he had a stroke and that was sadly... The last kind of took him down after really. that. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <clears throat> um, but so I, I guess the the message to you: those family recipes are important. Sure. Go learn them. Go write them down. They will they will give you such a warm feeling at Christmas or Thanksgiving yep. when you miss those people out of your family. Go write those recipes down. Somebody needs to know. Absolutely. What a great message. Um, I want to talk a little bit about social media from, from a yeah. restaurant perspective. I know, sure. you know, we run podcasts and kind of media in general. There's, mm -hmm. it's 100% social media. With yeah. a restaurant, I, I can only imagine it's, it's the same thing, but a little bit more difficult because you're, um, you know, you don't really have like a message. You're pushing food. Yeah. And so um, I noticed on Google, mm -hmm. you have a great rating. Yeah. You have... 350 something reviews mm -hmm. and, and like 4.5 stars and but mm -hmm. I did see 4.6 4. okay okay <laughs> but I also saw there's there's these local guides that come in and uh -huh. if they don't have a great experience they're gonna kind of document you. your tear down oh, yeah. and then how how and do you kind of it's a great story for them sure so they're exactly they're dying to find uh, they're dying to pick space. you apart yeah. And so how do you kind of combat that to um, just treat everyone as their... Yeah. Uh, the, the fortunate thing on Google, they can't have that much of an impact. Yeah. Right? Like, they can be one, they can be a single one-star review. That's all they could do. And I don't mean to act like that's not important because they, it's devastating for me every time we get a one-star review. Sure. Um, but... 
But I notice you're very in tune with that. You're there, you're commenting on everyone that gives, you know, a negative review or a positive review. That's, that's huge. Right. And I try to spend the positive reviews or sorry, the negative reviews into some, well, first off, those replies are a personal message from me. Yeah. Nobody else is writing. I noticed. You could tell. You could tell. Exactly. You can tell. A lot of times I remember the person and right. I'll mention the other people they were with. I noticed that. And yeah. say, you know, I really appreciate meeting you and E, like if his wife was named Emily or something. Right. Um, you know, like those kinds of things are, are, are great. But um, also when there's a bad review, just like we talked about mistakes earlier, right? If mm-hmm. you make a mistake, own it, right? Yeah. So yeah, I've, I've made mistakes. Like there was a day where one of my lead chefs, his best friend, had a baby that drowned in the bathtub. Oh my gosh. And so he left, you know, and I get it, right? Um, Obviously. And uh, we were, so the kitchen was a shit show and I was back there cooking, which is the worst case scenario. It's the (laughs) only day that I've actually been back there cooking. Yeah. And, um, And it was a busy day. And so we we struggled, and we got two one-star reviews, and I had to, on both of them, basically own it. I was like, hey, we had a, we didn't staff mm-hmm. for an emergency, and we had an emergency, and, and therefore you got bad service. And I'm sure. totally willing to make it up to you. Just come and talk to me if you want. Uh, if you want to never see me again, too, I, I wish you well. That's okay. That's that's what's really nice about reading those reviews. Even if these people were telling you how miserable their experience was, their perceived experience, you still said, I I appreciate you coming by. Mm -hmm. You know, thanks for being honest. I'm sorry we couldn't make it better. And that's that's honestly all you can do. That's the best approach. You could rip this person apart. Like, fuck you, never come back. You know, get your ass out of here. One of my favorite. Ones. I know because one you said it's taken me a week to, to stew on this. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so you have to like, cool off because if you answer right away, you're gonna you're gonna let them have it. Right. And sometimes I'm not mad at the person. I'm mad at us or me. Yeah. Like the um, situation. Sure. Yeah. Like like we could have done better. Or this or that. But um, I love the ones where they're like, oh, this is a terrible sandwich because my biscuit fell apart right. and I couldn't eat it like a hamburger. Yeah. It's like young lady, that's. That's why we give you a fork and knife. It's a biscuit. Yeah. What do you expect? I can, and I've written this in one. I sh- next time, just ask for yesterday's biscuits. They oh, don't yeah. fall apart. <laughs> the fresh ones do. Right. Your choice. <laughs> um, it's a little hard to chew yesterday's biscuits, though. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, when they when they complain about that, I have to kind of reset a little bit. Yeah, um, but you you do a great job. I have to mm-hmm. commend you on. Yeah. Uh, it's funny when sometimes somebody will complain about. Uh, like I had this guy this, this national chicken just tastes like it was straight cayenne pepper and brown sugar uh-huh. I was like Google a recipe rock star man come right. on what is what is Nashville a hot, hot chicken sauce? yeah it's cayenne pepper like the first time I made cayenne, uh, Nashville hot chicken I didn't have enough cayenne pepper mm-hmm. like I had half the recipe it takes half a so bottle that I had enough for, for yeah <laughs> it's like the whole bottle of cayenne pepper right and he's complaining like he obviously knows nothing. And then the funny thing is, National Hot Chicken is our best seller. Sure. A hundred percent of the time, people are like, "Dude, this is amazing." Yeah. And, but he didn't think it was good. I'm like, you know what? Right. 
get your Nashville chicken somewhere else. It'll be okay. <laughs> so, so social media in the mm -hmm. restaurant business is kind of crucial because I know for yeah. myself, if I go to another town, mm -hmm. I uh, how I choose a place to eat, I go on Yelp, and it's mm -hmm. almost entirely based off the pictures of the place. Yeah. I don't care about the ratings. I right. want to see the pictures. I want to know what the food mm -hmm. looks like, and I judge it off of that. Yeah, and so. That's that's a, a huge part of making your business successful yeah. is you have to, you know, uphold a good social media standing. Right. So so I commend you for your especially Google because that yeah. that kind of gets you to the top of searches, sure. you know. Well, the thing I like about Google is Google is organic. Yes, it is not bought. Right. Like Yelp. When we first opened, Yelp comes in, they're like, hey, for $400 yes. a month, you right. have the ability to delete some of the reviews, and you can this, and you can add more graphics, yeah. and you can, like, and I'm like, yeah, you know what, have a, have a good walk. Right. <laughs> so, um, I don't think that's, that's not what I believe in. I like the Google approach. Um, so that's why I respond to the, all the Google messages, and I don't respond to any of the Yelp messages. Our Yelp rating is like 4.4. It's something. still really great. Yeah. yeah. And I don't press it. I don't encourage people to leave a Google. I, I, I ask people openly mm -hmm. if they had a great time. I was like, hey, leave us a Google review. Yeah. I'll even tell them, hey, make, create some burner accounts. Yeah. <laughs> like, give me some, it's on, it's worked me wonders thus far. Well, what's funny is that there's another account, another space in here that's crew and crew has been here for 15 years now they've uh they're a great restaurant you just don't ask people to leave reviews so they've been here for 15 years they they had 207 reviews when i opened and in less than a year i had more reviews than they yeah. had after 15 years yeah so it can definitely help i love when i just open my google maps and there's a little button that says explore and the first thing on that list is MySpace. Right. That is because you're so, so highly proud. rated on Google. That's smash your mic. So no, you're kidding. I'm so proud of that that they well, there's activity too. Yes. Like there's engagement. Those with it. reviews often make Google think that people are engaged here, and then they absolutely it up on sure sure. So um, definitely love that. The the other social media platforms that I'm on are Facebook and Instagram. I mean, what, what, there's Twitter, there's TikTok, and Snapchat that I could be sure. on. I have a little bit on TikTok. I have nothing on Twitter or Snapchat. And the reason why is I feel like my, my, the heart of my demographic is your 40 to 60 year old bourbon yeah. drinker or Southern style food yeah they're, they're not on tiktok anyway so right do why i put in the the effort towards that yeah i need to you know i'm targeting grandmothers and what do the kids yeah. say about grandmothers <laughs> oh grandma's on facebook that's why i don't sure want to yeah i'm hitting facebook then right um instagram as well because i feel like that that hits my i feel like Facebook grabs my 50 to 60 year olds and Instagram grabs my 40 to 50 year olds and yeah. 30 to 40. You got your bases covered. Yeah, and so um, I do a lot on Instagram or I aspire to do a lot on Instagram. Hey baby. Is that for me? Hey, this right here is probably huh. the most amazing old You can't take that away. No, it's the most amazing old fashioned and this is Bobo's bourbon as well. Okay. Bourbon. I mean, bourbon on the, people come in and I mean, you me got the good ice cubes. Those are really unique, and they're so that I'll tell a story about the ice cubes. Too. Oh my god! 
Right. It's right. That's on. amazing. Hey, can you give me some more coffee? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, sir. <laughs> I've got a good server here. Yeah, he's yeah, nice. I'm a, I'm a recruit. Another drink? I mean, it's delicious. Oh, that is truly amazing. That is delicious. I'm blown away by how good that is. When people are amazed by what we do, and I think that what you're tasting is care. We yeah, care. Absolutely. Right? That, that happens so often. You go someplace and they just don't care. They just throw you whatever? Yeah. Oh, you're the best. Right. I'll leave you a tip on my card. <laughs> um, that's a cool story. Truly, right? like so you, mind blowing. It's so good. I cannot believe good, that. The key to a good old fashioned is not which whiskey you choose. Like so many people come in and they want to order. Um, oh, I have an old fashioned with Bib and Tucker. Yeah. Bib and Tucker is like a fifty dollar bottle of whiskey. Yeah. I can make an old fashioned out of it. Sure. The the challenge and the the chemistry project of an old fashioned is that you're balancing a distasteful spirit with sugar and bitters mm -hmm. and the sugar and bitters complement and argue with not only do they argue with this the spirit but they argue with each other they're yeah. directly opposed so when you get them in balance mm -hmm. sugar and bitters it almost well have you ever had somebody that says i want a sweeter old-fashioned sure all right so that means i add more sugar and i screw up the mm -hmm. chemistry project right because now you taste all the sugar yeah. and you taste the bitters. And if, I don't want it so sweet. Okay, well now I'm gonna add more bitters. You're gonna taste a lot of bitters and you're gonna taste a little bit of sugar. Mm -hmm. When you get them right in balance, they both disappear. It is, you don't taste it either is one of them. perfectly balanced. That, that's it's, is this your recipe? How did you? We, no, I know how to make an old fashioned and there's lots mm -hmm. of documentation on how to make an old fashioned. We experimented together. I have a few great bartenders. In fact, one of them, he'll never tell you this, but he won third place in a national bartending competition. Really? Yeah. So he's really, really good. But my other two guys have worked with him um, for a long time. And so between the three or four of us, five of us that worked on our old fashions, we just dialed it in and we've got a, mm. a good mechanic to it. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad because obviously it's Bobo's bourbon and biscuits. Can't fuck that up. You exactly. <laughs> you, right. you have to come be with like having shitty biscuits. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I was reading on your website, you have some 330 different bourbons here. Yeah. Well, bourbon is in the category of whiskey, so we have 330 whiskeys. So right. that includes your yeah. scotch, things that are like American whiskey. I even put one in that category that's by Balcones. And Balcones is a whiskey maker here in Texas, mm -hmm. uh, down in Waco. And uh, we, they made one out of distilled figs and something in honey. And so they don't even call it a whiskey because it's not made from grains. It's okay. made from other things. Right. But it's really good. It's called rumble. Um, anyway, so yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Have you always been a bourbon guy? Is that why you tied the bourbon? in with the biscuits sure yeah. yeah like i when back to when i woke up i decided i wanted to open a restaurant i put one foot on the ground and i was like oh shit i'm gonna do a biscuits restaurant yeah and then by the time i had stood up and bourbon let's yeah. go <laughs> bobo's bourbon and right. biscuits what a combo yeah so for a minute we were gonna call it just biscuits and bourbon um 
the lawyers felt like that was a little generic and could be targeted. Um, As in biscuits and bourbon or just biscuits and bourbon? Like calling it biscuits and bourbon, we were under the impression that at some point there would be a fight over the word yeah. biscuit yeah and that somebody would try to make that their namesake like sure but you went the the complete opposite bobos is such a unique name exactly the way it's spelled mm -hmm. the it's so i have a um a trademark really on bobos bourbon biscuits, oh i'm glad it's really rare like a lot of people don't go through the effort and time and sure. expense of trademarking it because, you know, they just kind of gamble that nobody's going to try to yeah. try to target them. Um, but no, I did I did all that. So and it's funny the lawyer was like, eh, that won't work and yeah, that won't work and you get into this and you can't trademark bourbon. I mean, yeah. it's a right. generic thing. Your two terms are too generic and she's like, you could make up a word like. Bisber or something like that. And yeah. Then you could trademark that because it's unique. And I was like, yeah, but that just sounds. And you're getting a little foo foo. Yeah, that sounds really dumb. Yeah. So, so my name is B O B O. Uh, oh, okay. But my original grandfather, the, and I believe, uh, I don't have a lot of accurate family history on it, but that in the Civil War, the Union Army approached France and recruited a bunch of Frenchmen to mm -hmm. bolster their army numbers. Sure. And I think he was one of those guys. So at the end of the Civil War, he was in Arkansas, and I'm sure they were like, yeah, war's over. Yeah, he's like, of course. Oh, do I get a ride home or something? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. the first thing they did is fix his name and, and take away all the extra letters. So B-E-A-U-B-E-A-U-X became B-O-B-O, -B -O, and that's what mm. my name is today. Um, but you went back to the the OG version. Yeah, sort of. You it's know, it's go, go back to distinct. It's got like a it's got a flavor to it. It's, it's, it's it, it, it makes people look at it for a minute. Sure. Because they're like, e yeah, and and that makes them remember. Yeah. So um, you definitely won't forget it. Yeah, I think the, the only problem I have is some people come in and they want Cajun food. Um, really? Yeah, they just see the E A U X and they're like, let's have Cajun. They don't even look at yeah. anything else. Um, they're usually not disappointed because we do have one Cajun-inspired dish. Mm -hmm. um, and Cajun food is sort of comfort food. And if they're looking for comfort food, they get comfort food here. Absolutely. We've got comfort food in spades. Biscuits and anything you want. Yeah. 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 It's like making comfort food out of whatever you want. Sure. So, um, so what do you think separates Bobo's from, from other establishments offering the same kind of thing well um, I mean your location obviously must it, get is yeah. is pretty good I mean if you're My down location, here if somebody wants biscuits I'm the closest one if they're in this area mm -hmm. if they want bourbon I'm the closest one if they're in this area yeah. like to get if you want a great old-fashioned this yeah. is the spot <laughs> they nail it if you if you want an amazing bourbon collection, you got to drive about 15 miles before you get to one better. Right. Um, I'll, I'll plug a couple of places. There's one in. in they don't Kenya deserve that. You don't have to. Oh, the Celt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, love them. Yeah, yeah. They, I say the Celt because I'm dumb, but I think they do call it the Celt. Um, <laughs> yeah. And in fact, in fact, the owner of that restaurant comes in here and has brunch on Saturday. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. So it is really. 
that that place has a great feeling to it too absolutely those stairs the Mm -hmm. three stories it's it's a cool vibe and you've kind of you've kind of done your own version of that here yeah i mean i again i've gone to the count yeah um, a handful of times and we can say so every time it's okay (laughs) um but the you know, again, I found them after I was looking for who's going to be my competitors. Sure. Um, the other place that you could go is in Frisco. There's a couple called, uh, one called Rare Books Bar, one called uh, um, Bottled and Bond. The funny thing, though, is that the reason I wanted to do a bourbon place is because literally a week before I got laid off, which was a day before I... I decided I was going to open a restaurant. My lady wanted to take me out for my birthday. And okay. so she knew that I like bourbon. So she's like, I'm going to take him to a place that's got great bourbon. Mm-hmm. And so she starts Googling the internet and just pounding on her phone. Like, where's that good bourbon? And just nothing pops up. Like you would think that as many bourbon drinkers as there are out there, sure. they've all got wives because, again, they're all 50 yeah. years old. And those wives want to do something fun for bourbon, and you can't find a restaurant. Right. There's tons that have it. There's even uh, little sneaky places like uh, Mignon uh, on Preston Road has a great bourbon selection. But they don't want to be known for that. They want to be known for steak. So all their marketing is for steak. They don't even mention that they've got a great So does she bring you here now for your birthday? Oh, well, yeah, no. <laughs> no, we're both sick of this one. <laughs> no. I can only imagine. So we did find a place, but it was hard. And she yeah. had to enlist my help to find a place. And things like bottled and bond is kind of nuanced, right? If you're a whiskey drinker, you know exactly what that means. And yeah. you might be enticed to go there. But if you're not a whiskey drinker, it went right over your head. Uh, there's a place called Rye. And used to be in McKinney. Um, they have one in downtown. And same thing. Like, if you're a whiskey drinker, you know what that means. If yeah. you're not, phew, right yeah. over your head. Of so, I was like, right on the sign. Bourbon. Yes. Right on the sign. So That's what we're about. Yeah. Like, Biscuits and bourbon. Yeah. We have... I got you. We're the shit at both. Right. And the, the problem is on bourbon, it's almost to the point that... People think, oh, I don't want to drink bourbon. I can't go there. No, mm-hmm. we got great drinks for your date. Because yeah. if you're going, if I'm going to get a whiskey drinker in here, I cannot ignore his date. Right? Sure. She probably doesn't want to drink bourbon. Yeah. And I gotta wow her. They usually as don't. Much as I wow they, him. they want a peach bellini. So he, <laughs> exactly. So we make amazing cosmos. We make classic daiquiris. I can only imagine. Our blackberry bramble is sure. a fantastic drink. Um, our espresso martini is fantastic. We have a, a seasonal cocktail list that um, we have four things on it, and those are all uh, really creative cocktails. That and you know sometimes and one of them is always a variant on our old fashioned. Mm-hmm. So right now we have holiday spiced old fashioned. Okay. <clears throat> a little so, cinnamon in there. So yeah, we put sticks of cinnamon, star anise, ground clove. Um, and nutmeg, and then we boil water with sugar and boil that down. Reduce it down. Sugar, simple yeah. syrup infused with all those spices. Oh, wow. And we use that. That's a, that's a pumpkin make. spice old-fashioned. Kind of. Similar <laughs> yeah. spice set. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we add all that, and uh, and then we put 
one of those fresh star anises, a few right cloves, and a cinnamon stick in there wow. with it. Um, really enhance the orange because the orange comes through in holiday flavors as well. Um, and then we use cardamom bitters, which is kind of crazy. So what's what's the difference between normal bitters? The, the bitters has the opportunity to not just add the the bitterness, but also some flavor. Yeah. So if you pick the right one, like for example, we have a peanut butter and jelly old fashioned. Oh and wow! In that we use peanut butter whiskey. We use screwball. Chambord. Yeah, screwball. Okay. The original, um, chambord to give it that that. Uh, grape flavor. Then we put three grapes in there with it and we put uh, peanut butter on the edge of the glass. That sounds really awesome. So that would be way too sweet and it would literally taste like a kid's drink. But we add so much bitters to it that it pulls the sweetness out. It mellows it out. Brings it back in balance like we talked Mm. about earlier. And you'd be surprised at how many people like their eyebrows yeah. This is a damn good drink. Your, your drinks have just like a, a, peanut a serious yeah. chemistry to them because yeah. they're so perfect. Right. We From this old-fashioned, I'm still blown away yeah. at it's, how good this is. Cheers. It's the most, absolutely, cheers. Yeah. It's the most balanced whiskey drink I've ever had. Yep. That's, I, that's it's incredible. Um, did we tie up all our loose ends? Uh, I'd like to talk about your menu. Oh, yeah. Okay. Your um, what what is your? Do you have a signature dish? There, there's a few things. I looked through your menu. There's uh-huh. a few things that I caught my eye that I yeah. think are your fa- are your signatures. Okay, go the, for it. Uh, the um, what was it called? The cheese, the fried cheese. Mm-hmm. What was it called again? It's called chicken fried cheese. Chicken fried cheese. Yes. Oh, it's, okay. Look at this. How great. Uh huh. Chicken fried cheese, uh, grandma's jalapenos, obviously. That's got to be a huge hit. You know what's funny? So the top three things, okay. I, I look at our meager sales sometimes, and those top three <laughs> things, like... Um, our starters? Yeah, for a given time period, I was looking at the sales, and grandma's jalapenos sold 151, and deviled eggs sold 149, mm-hmm. and fried cheese sold 150. Yeah, like they were exactly yeah. the same amount on all. Those, those are so my top three for your starters. The Brussels sprouts are funny because my mother came in and she loves the Brussels sprouts, mm-hmm. and uh, she was she called me because uh, I was out picking up liquor or something. Uh, wasn't like I had the day off. Uh, she's uh, Tim. What's in these Brussels sprouts? Pat wants to know. Uh, Pat's her <laughs> friend, and I don't talk like that. That's the way she talks. Yeah, of course. Um, so. <laughs> I said, Mom, it's mostly orange juice and soy sauce. That's what gives it the flavor. Yeah. She said, really? Uh-huh. She said, okay, Pat, he says oysters and soy sauce. <laughs> you know, Brussels show, sprouts, they're, they're, they're a tough one because it's, it's something I would, I would never order, but if it's on my plate, I will absolutely eat them. Oh, they're, they're so good. Yeah. I, yeah. There's been a handful of people that said, these are the best Brussels sprouts I've ever had. Right. And again, warms my heart. Yeah. Um, I don't think that they're bullshit and I think they really do believe sure. they're the best ones I've ever had. We, we flash fry them. So mm-hmm. Let's go fry them. Yeah, of course. How can they? Up. How can you go wrong? Yeah. So the way your grandmother used to do it is they would boil them in water and sure. they come out all soggy. And <laughs> yeah. that was it. They just put salt and pepper on them. But no, we put bacon, we put mushrooms with them, we put soy sauce, orange juice, garlic, this and that, like all this kind of nonsense with them after we flash fry them. So fry them, then we throw them in a pan and we 
saute them for a minute and mm-hmm. let them soak up all that stuff. Right. Um, yeah, they're delicious. Um, so uh, I mm-hmm. love how when you, when it comes to your entrees, uh-huh. it's biscuits or get the hell out of here. Kind of. There, there, uh, there's no, there. there's no chicken nuggets or a reserve burger right. on here. We it's it's variations on a biscuit. It's variations of biscuit items, and I love Correct. that you're sticking to your thing. Yeah, I've got a little um, sort of pushback from advisors on that. Not, not like, having variations for for the weirdos. Yeah, like, well, you need peach fellinis and like chicken nuggets. Right, like. People come in, they're coming with their buddy because the buddy wants to have a biscuit for breakfast and he could just get bacon and eggs. So I need to make- You have biscuits and gravy. Oh, I mean, there's some. And I'm sure it's the best biscuits and gravy you can imagine. They look at the ingredients and they're like, can you just give me bacon and eggs? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And one of the things that really irritates me and I got to get over it, but I haven't in a year and a half, is when somebody orders just biscuits and gravy. Yeah. I'm like, this is like, Getting the chance, uh, I shouldn't use this example because I'm not Leonardo da Vinci. Right. Imagine if you got to meet Leonardo da Vinci. Are you you saying just biscuits and gravy without the sausage and egg? Just biscuits and gravy. Okay, okay. I understand your disgust now. So you meet Leonardo da Vinci and you ask him to draw a circle. Mm -hmm. And then you judge him on the ability to draw a circle. Sure. Have you really discovered anything? Right. Have you humiliated him? Right. Have you belittled him almost, right? Like, he's like, I invented the Mona Lisa. Yeah. I invented a helicopter in the 1600s. Sure. But you want a circle? Yeah, I just want a circle. <laughs> what a great okay. analogy. Yeah. And then, so I bring them biscuits and gravy. They're like, this is really good. But they're only going to come back here when they want biscuits and gravy. Sure. Because they don't realize the concept is not about the biscuit. It's about all the other stuff mm-hmm. and how the biscuit makes all those things better. Right. That's what the idea. Absolutely. So, anyway, biscuits and so, gravy so still I was, sells. Look, I bet it does. And I, I penalized them. <laughs> I the hell out of them. <laughs> so looking over your menu, the mm-hmm. things that, that stood out to me were the yep. biscuits and gravy, obviously. So we changed that one. We used to call it mesquite style. It's a tribute to my dad. Right. Yeah, my it's still, still there. for me and my kids. Uh-huh. But, um, so now when somebody orders biscuits and gravy, we just like this one, and then mm-hmm. they get the full idea because they right. get sausage, egg, and cheese on it. And it it's looks like amazing. amazing yes, really I bet. Mm-hmm. So that, um, the Nashville, of course. Yep, our best So I love how you named it locations, like where this flavor is kind of prevalent. I'm glad you touched on this. All 16 of them, mm-hmm. kind of with the exception of the top one, because it's right, kind right, of yeah. around a little bit. But um, for example, the second one, Toronto. It has ham and egg and cheese. Yeah. It's American cheese. And the reason the sandwich worked is because it's American cheese. If you ask for cheddar, it doesn't work anymore. Right. So the way we make it is that we put the two eggs on the griddle and don't even break the yolks. We don't mm-hmm. pre-stir them or pre-mix them. They're two fresh eggs. And then we put the American cheese in right then. So the, the idea is that the cheese will melt. Mm-hmm. before the eggs turn solid. Mm. And so for just a minute, they're it's just both the right at the composition. Yeah, cheddar wow. cheese won't do that because it yeah. has they're like a 180 melting uh, point. Sure. And so... And American is half plastic, so it, it melts agreed. slower. Yeah, it's only one molecule away from <laughs> yeah. plastic. So, <laughs> yeah, so the, it, uh, it melts and you can have... Uh, you may be done because it's flat. Um, Anyway, 
It's called Toronto because American cheese was invented by a Canadian named James L. Kraft. Really? I didn't know that. Toronto. Oh, Kraft cheese. That well, makes sense. He did well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. And then uh, Montreal is named for the guy that invented peanut butter in 1890. Oh, okay. He patented it in Montreal. Yeah. He made exactly zero dollars off of peanut butter because uh, by the time peanut butter caught on in 1920, uh, he was, the patent had already run out. Yeah. So, um, it flies after me now. Oh yeah, it flies attacking me. So I love how, how you name them. Every single but, uh, just Santa looking. Barbara is where the, the Haas avocado was back. Right. Um, but just looking at this, the things that stood out to me, if yeah. I came in here as a customer, I, biscuits and gravy, mm-hmm. um, obviously the Nashville yep. and the Lockhart, mm-hmm. that would be, I feel like those are kind of your staples. Would you? Yeah. Definitely. Agree? It's, it's amazing that brisket sandwich has been around forever and we've all had it. Not a on a biscuit. On a That's biscuit a whole different better. level, I'm sure. Better <laughs> Everything's better on a biscuit. <laughs> yeah, we've just proven that. Everything. Right. Um, yeah, so, the, so would you say those are your kind of staples? Absolutely. Is that your they signature dishes? Yeah. Um, there's times where biscuits and gravy sells better than Lockhart or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, or Dawson County, which is named after where, it's actually La Mesa, is the city in Texas where they invented the chicken fried steak. Oh, or really? At least they claim to. Of course to. they invented it here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's in Dawson County, so yeah. we tribute to that. Uh, Lockhart is named Lockhart because the city of Lockhart has um, Black's Barbecue, which is mm-hmm. famous for putting brisket on the menu. Sure. Um, anyway, so yeah, all of them have a little bit of story. Um, even the New Orleans one seems obvious, but a guy named Paul Prudhomme opened a place called Paul K's in the 80s, and he became famous and a celebrity chef for making blackened redfish with mm. Cajun Alfredo sauce. Yeah. And that's what we have. Got it on, on the biscuit. menu. And on a biscuit, it's better. Uh, of course. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, exactly. So. All right. Well, um, I think it's time we, we order some food. Cool. and see what is what all the fuss is about let's try awesome let's do cool. it